Everyone, welcome to Christian Influencer Inspired Podcast, a podcast about lifestyle influence with Zona Garrett and Mr. and Mrs. Mindy Hansen. Hey, everybody. I'm Mindy Hansen. I'm a homeschooling mom to three wonderful children. I'm going back to school to become a registered nurse. I love being creative in all areas of life, experimenting with flavors in my gluten and dairy-free kitchen and being crunchy. And I'm Mr. Mindy. I specialize in finance transformation and a certified information system auditor with over 15 years of technical experience working in the insurance industry. More importantly, I'm Mindy's husband going on 10 years of marriage and a proud millennial dad um, to three amazing children. I love being a modern day homesteader and a handyman to build a self-sufficient lifestyle with my wife. I'm also a proud cheer dad and a karate dad and I'm especially passionate towards traumatic brain injury awareness. On today's episode, we wanted to talk to you all about homeschooling and our opinions on the pros and cons of public, online, and um, unschooling with our special needs or neurodivergent child. (laughs) Um, I want to preface that these are our opinions they're nobody else's opinions and people may feel differently. Also, at the same time, each um, public school, online school, or even unschooling um, will fit each child differently. Each Our children are going to thrive under different, thing, different conditions, different ways of learning. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that, you know, uh, I state that because we... We do not, um, we're not really prejudiced towards any one way. And uh, we understand that different families have different needs. Um, And whether you, where you decide to, how you decide to have your children schooled is completely up to you all. Um, But for us, these are our pros and cons and what we liked and didn't like about different things. Um, Mainly geared towards our oldest child as he is our neurodivergent child. Uh, And we also asked him, both of us individually actually, (laughs) asked him to write down some of his pros and cons of each thing um, so that we could give you a little more of a firsthand view of somebody who is um, special needs and does need a little more help with schooling. Uh, So... We thought we'd start out with the public schools first. Uh, We'll probably list all our pros first and then kind of talk about our cons. And some of them, um, some of the things we list may fall in both categories or maybe a pro one spot and a con in another. So (laughs) bear with us. (laughs) Uh, So public schools, um, the thing that I really enjoyed about the public school system was it gave you someone to partner with. Um, where our son, you know, worked with a special needs teacher and they would pull him out during certain parts of the day. And um, I think that helped take a little pressure off of us because, um, you know, our son wasn't coming home saying he didn't understand different things or uh, needed help with different things. They were uh, that, and we, we did help him outside of school. I'm not saying we didn't. We did. But we did help strengthen some of those areas that he needed help in. It's just nice that someone else was doing that too. Um, and that they could pull him out of the classroom and give him that special one-on-one attention. 
that was necessary. <clears throat> and one of my other pros was that I enjoyed not having to create my own curriculum. Having worked in a daycare setting um, with preschoolers, I did do a lot of creating my own curriculum, and I think I was just kind of burnt out at that time. It's, uh, it's a lot more work than you think it would be to create a curriculum. Uh, it's fun, and it's always great when the kids enjoy it. <laughs> but it does take some time, right? So... It costs a little bit up front too, you know, to yeah. get all the stuff you need. So, yeah, and and I'm not saying as a homeschooling mom, like you you can buy curriculums, um, you don't have to create your own either. Uh, the school also would provide aids if it was needed. I know once they got into middle school, he had an aide that would kind of work with him and two other children. And that was nice that they were able to have someone to go to class with them and answer any questions that they had um, to help take off some of that pressure off that teacher. Um, and then my other one was they being pulled out of classes allowed for that special needs teacher, special education teacher to um, adjust the level and meet these kids or meet our son where he was at. So he didn't have to feel like he's supposed to be where everybody else is. Um, and I know he didn't feel any of that pressure, uh, which I really was appreciative of. He did not feel like he was behind anybody else. I think up until about middle school. And then I think he started to know the difference, which Obviously, they start to become a little more noticeable of who does what and a little more of things outside of themselves. Uh, so that's part of it. Um, but I think it also helped him feel, uh, gain that confidence and keep some of that confidence that he wasn't really behind a lot of his peers. And um, it, it's just always great when they can meet their children where they're at because children all learn at different levels. We don't all learn the same. Um, we learn different ways. And so to have that is really nice as well. You know, I'll, I'll just chime in and say, you know, you had talked before for many years um, at the beginning part of our marriage about homeschooling and things like this. And, you know, I think for me, I was a little apprehensive. Um, I'll, I'll admit I was probably one of the reasons we didn't do this initially, um, just because, you know, you know, I, from our generation, you know, homeschooling wasn't as popular. It, it existed. But it wasn't talked about as much. And so there's a level of familiarity that you can kind of say, you know, I, I'm, you know, I know what I, what I get out of the public schools because I was mm -hmm. in public school or whatever. And so it was easier to relate to that kind mm -hmm. of um, curriculum and then going, well, what if, you know, if I do this on my own, you know, am I, gonna, am I hurting my child in the long run when they, when, you know, down the road in their life, you know, am I not preparing them? for where they need to be in life. So I think that was probably one of the biggest, to me, one of the biggest pros with that. And also is, is a, can also be a con, I guess, but you know, that was one of the biggest pros was you just, it was a familiarity of the situation you're getting. Yeah, I, I think that's why I, I didn't really want to take him out of the school system to begin with um, as well. As far as the things we felt were cons with this, was um, 
any appointments that he had, usually those kind of conflicted with that school day. And I did not like him missing the school day. Um, the school did not like when they missed any part of the day. You know, uh, the school we were at was very adamant that children be there during the school day. Uh, they understood different things. Um, but, you know, having those appointments can be hard. I think we were fortunate. And um, I think most schools nowadays do have some kind of in-school system where children can get speech therapy, physical therapy, and occupational therapy through the school system. Um, I know that we had that. Um, with our son. And that was nice because then he's not being pulled out of school to go to those appointments. Um, and I do understand that. And I do put this as a con because I do understand that there are some children that are um, more sickly than others. Some, some need to be out of school a little bit more. Um, so I think that's also something that should be noted is like the appointment, the amount of appointments, the amount of time that a child's going to miss school, um, the amount of doctor's notes that you're going to need to remember to get. <laughs> like, I do not miss getting doctor's notes. I really don't. Um, and as you said at the beginning, it's all dependent on each child. So, yeah. you know, your child, like ours, you know, there was a lot, you know, there's always physical therapy, occupational therapies has gotten older. There's orthodontist appointments and, you know, some of it's just normal children appointments. And it's like, to your point, you know, when you go to the place, good, you need a doctor's uh, a note and you're like, oh, I don't need that. This is, this is great. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I do not miss those. Um, I did feel as we got into the older grades, middle school, looking towards high school. Um, I feel like school, the um, the intellectual part of it, the curriculum, the reading, rap, writing, math, science, history, I know a lot of that seemed to kind of fall away. Um, I didn't feel like that was as important um, for these kids to learn or like that school thought they were as, as important. Uh, I know the school still stresses, you know, language arts, math, science, and social studies. Um, but when I, there were certain things that I would mention uh, to his teacher during like IEP meetings and things. And uh, I struggled to feel like they actually understood what I was wanting. Um, and I'm not sure if it was really a miscommunication or if it was just that our child wasn't able to understand it or, um, the way it was being taught was not in a way that he could understand it. Um, I get, but I just, I just struggled with some things. I know I kind of picked at his writing um, because of details. Details was very hard for him. And I wanted to kind of strain a little more on those details um, because he didn't feel details were important. And to me, I felt details were important. And so I wanted a little more emphasis on that. And I guess I kind of felt either misheard or like um, the school just didn't know how to do it. Although they acted like they understood what I was asking. I don't know if you felt the same way. I think that was probably one of the biggest struggles as, you know, as a parent, you, you want to make sure your child is prepared for their future. And when you have a child with a disability, intellectually speaking, you know, I, I by no means am I an expert in any of this stuff, but you know, 
you know, the one thing is you want to know your child is prepared. And, you know, I think one of the biggest struggles I had was as you think about, you know, grades, you know, again, when you're younger, the grades don't really matter as much. But, you know, as you get middle school, you know, fifth grade, you start getting grades that you can see A, B, C, D, you know, you have ways of improvement. And within the public school, I just often felt like, to your point, you know, it, it, as long as he showed up, you know, that was that that there was no I, there was no challenging. And again, I, you've got to challenge the child to their skill set and their, yeah. you know, where they're at. But at the same time, you also have to find ways to challenge that child to learn more um, mm-hmm. and do more and, you know, not be able to just kind of say, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to put in 50% of my effort because it really doesn't matter what my grade is. And I struggled with that for many years going, well, you know, it doesn't work that way in the real world. It doesn't work like that when you become, you know, an employer, you know, you, you have to still give hundred percent regardless. And it's like, how are we really preparing our child for that next step? Are we, you know, letting him down to setting up an unrealistic expectation? Yeah, I struggled with that as well, because, you know, you want your child to do as as well as they can. And um, and even when they meet that, sometimes you would be like, OK, I want to push just a little bit more because I know you can do a little bit better. And I feel like if we push them and if the teachers might have pushed a little more, um, you know, I'm not saying too hard or anything, but, you know, just challenge them a little more. And I just feel like they were like, this is his best. This is good enough. And we're not going to really challenge him or do a whole lot more. And yeah, that's where I struggled. Yeah. Pick your battles, basically. Yeah. Find ways to help improve, but not critique them to the point that they lose self-esteem in yes. the process. Yep. Um, so as for our son, he said that his pros of public school, he really loved going, being able to see his friend, he his friends. He was very chatty. He was friends with everybody. We'd go into the school for a conference and we'd be there for 30 minutes after the conference because he'd have to go. He'd see certain teachers in the hallway and he'd have a little conversation with them. He'd see the principal and have a conversation. And and we absolutely loved that. And I loved that for him. Um, And I think he also liked learning with his friends because those friends that he was in this class, this special education classroom with, were his best friends, you know, and they were all learning the same things. They were all there at the same time. They had like all their classes together, um, except for maybe a couple. And I mean, at least one of the other um, children in there, he was with since preschool. Uh, So he had a lot of great friendships through that. And it was hard to take him away from that. Um, But it is comfortable knowing that while he misses his friends and that socialization, he doesn't want to go back at all. He is happy being at home. And, and maybe uh, and- that's, I was, sorry, I was going to say, maybe that's one of maybe a little bit unique situation for us is that, you know, he came into the homeschooling environment, you know, later in life. It wasn't like he started mm-hmm. at the beginning. So he had a, you know, beginning uh, baseline of saying, hey, this is, you know, I, I was used to going to school and seeing my friends, you know, as, you know, our other children that, you know, that's not exactly what they are, you know, they, they're not, they didn't, they don't know that way of life or whatever. So that, you know, that mindset's a little differently as you kind of think through each of your children, depending on when you start this journey. 
Yeah. And then uh, the one thing that he did not like about school was all the testing. Um, because, it, you know, when it's hard to learn something, it's hard to be tested on it and to just feel like, um, ultimately feel like a failure, like you don't know this material. And I don't think it's really fair in a way, because um, I know tests aren't there to be mean or anything. They're really just to see what knowledge the child has. Um, but in a way, it's not fair because if you can't really retain that knowledge, if you've only heard it once and you don't really do any homework over top of it, um, or you only deal with it in school and stuff, and for children who are neurodivergent and maybe have trouble learning that way, um, they're not going to retain it. They're just not. Um, I mean, during the whole public school process, we learned that our son had issues with retaining knowledge. And if he doesn't use it, he will lose that knowledge. Quickly. He absolutely will. Um, and so it, schools don't really, um, while, while school system is great and helps children and everything, it's just hard for them to really be able to be fair to those children who might need more um, help or more repetition um, or things like that so that they can actually learn the material. And I think the one other thing, you know, is, you know, he had an IEP, um, a development plan, and he would, there was only certain classes that they justify that, that, but at the end of the day, he has an intellectual disability. The same struggles, whether it was his strongest or not, existed in those other classes that he was in. And so yeah. if you really think about it, when he would go into these other classes, like for example, science, I think was one of them where he didn't have an IEP truly. So he'd sit he in the class and do the normal classwork, but it wasn't like he was retaining it. It, yeah. you know, it was like he was just there. And so um, he never really got the opportunity to really learn. And I always felt like, especially now, the more I know um, and working with him with you is just realizing that, you know, I don't feel like he's being left behind. We're, he, he may not be moving at the same pace as children of his age, but at the end of the day, he is learning something every day mm -hmm. that I don't feel he ever had before. And again, that's not a ding against the school or those teachers. Right. It's just when you're working with um, children with disabilities, you know, it's a reality. Yep. And some of it's the system because you do have to cater towards the majority of children, yep. which are neurotypical. Um, so, and then, so as we've talked about COVID hit, we moved towards online schooling. Um, that was fun. It was great. Um, <clears throat> the kids really did like that, uh, especially our oldest he enjoyed that there was flexibility on when he could do the schooling. We enjoyed the flexibility on when we could do the schooling. Because um, then he could sleep in, you know, being a teenager now, even a little bit younger, he needed his sleep. He liked that 10 to 12 hours of sleep. That's always been kind of his window of time uh, for how much sleep he needs. And um, just doing the online schooling allowed him to be able to make sure he had that amount of sleep. Also, we we knew, we learned really quickly that his cutoff time was 4 p.m. 4 p.m. in the afternoon, no schoolwork could be done, nothing could be done. So um, the online allowed us to, you know, be done by 4 for the most part. <laughs> um, 
and then it again it was their curriculum um, we didn't have to create anything if we didn't want to it um, they had all the lessons it was already planned out they had all the slideshows that we could read to him and kind of teach off of um, and so I I did enjoy that and um, our oldest did also um, for his pro, he wrote that he got to work on the school when he wanted to. I think that's a, the biggest thing with online in general. Homeschooling online, it doesn't, this is probably a broader statement, but just having that flexibility. And we learned this, you know, very quickly in the, when we started this shift was, you know, there's going to be days that, you know, he's ready to go. And then there's days you can uh, be talking to the wall because it's not going anywhere at that point. Yeah. So, you know, learning to kind of pick your battles in a sense of saying, you know what, today's just not, you're, you're, you're just, you know, no offense. This is, and again, this isn't you telling your child this, but you know, you're, yeah. you can assess the situation and going, I need to cut it short today. It's, it's no, it's not better. It's I'm, I'm getting frustrated as a parent. You know, you can sense the child's getting frustrated. And with the moment the child's getting frustrated, nobody's learning at that point. So, yeah. you know, finding that, you know, flexibility has been, was huge for us. Yeah. That, that was a big game changer for us. And I think for our son too, I think that's when he really noticed that he could do this. He could do school. He was, smart um you know it, it wasn't completely above him and i think um i don't want to speak really for him um but the fact that he, there was no time to there wasn't a way which i'm going to talk about a little bit later in the cons but um there wasn't necessarily that time constraint of saying um we're going to talk for what 20 minutes about this lesson and then you get 20 minutes to do the actual lesson or the activity that's planned with the teacher or whatever you know he we could take an hour to talk about the lesson he could ask questions um and then we could take another hour if it was a writing assignment or in the next day or two to work on that assignment um also i think <clears throat> he's kind of stated at other times that the ability to just ask questions whenever he wanted to um he's enjoyed being able to do that I, that's probably been one of the biggest pros to me and i and again some of my pros kind of shift between homeschooling or unschooling mm -hmm. and online but you know i as i mentioned that familiarity coming from the public side you kind of go oh this is what you you know what you get but it wasn't until the pandemic hit and all of a sudden, you know, he's at home with us and we're trying to teach and you go. Um, and the thing that would catch my eye is he'd just say, you read the question and the answer would be, I don't know. And then he'd look at me and I'm like, why are you looking at me? And yeah. I'm like, he's like, well, it's your turn to tell me the answer. I'm like, what? And he's like, well, that's what the school, you know, if I said I didn't know, they would help me. And it's like, but you know this stuff. It's not that, and I think it was more, um, over the last few years is building that confidence mm -hmm. that, you know, yes, you have a disability. Yes, that is part of who you are, but that does not make you any less smart than anyone else. It just means you might have to work a little harder to pick up some of these things. And so, you know, the online to me actually gave you and I a little more visibility of kind of saying, you know, our child's 
feels like in a, in a sense being left behind. We need to help, you know, build some of that confidence and that knowledge so that he can do it. And mm -hmm. I, honestly, I, I feel like over the last several years, you know, it's, it's nine day from a kid that, you know, really struggled just doing basic addition to, mm -hmm. you know, having, you know, somebody that sits next to him and helps him through this, you know, he, he is picking it up and, mm -hmm. and, and moving on to more advanced skill sets and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And he's not afraid to ask questions anymore. And, um, I forgot that he did that in the beginning too. He, you would ask a question. He'd just be like, I don't know. And it's like, well, um, you know, let's reread the passage. Let's, um, you know, let's think about it and coming up with other ways to help him find the answer. And I think it took about half a year uh, for him to not just so quickly be like, I don't know. Yep. You oh, know? It took a long time it, it, yeah. it, it, to almost unschool that mindset yes. of going, Hey, you, we're here to help you, but we're not here to tell you the answer. Cause I'm, you know, I can go to work and I can't just say, I don't know. And then I look at my peers, it's your responsibility now. Come on, tell me the answer. I'm like, I wish yeah. it worked that way. But, you know, teaching in a sense, your child, the, the real world of, mm -hmm. of things. I mean, um, so yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of our biggest challenges switching from public school to online school was the. I don't know. Now you tell me and being like, no, we're going to do this together. And yeah. until he gained the confidence to be like, oh, I can do this. I can figure this out. I can, I do know this answer. Uh, and you know, it might take him five, 10 minutes, but he will find it. And sometimes it's also having that patience to allow him to figure it out. Um, and not being so impatient and expecting that response in an instant because they're not capable of that. Their brains do not work that way. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so some of the things that we did not really care for about the online school um, was the um, kind of, we used two different online school systems and for the most part, both of them had a they had a pace schedule and they kind of expected the child to stay on that pace schedule. And um, so uh, the one we did for two years, we were expected to do two assignments per class every seven days. Um, so that got to be hard sometimes. And I know um, at like the high school level, there were some things like if he had a big paper to write, I, we did that one. That was the one thing we did in seven days. And then, um, yeah, we fell behind. But the teachers were somewhat understandable uh, as we were homeschooling. And not because um, some of the kids that could go through the program had to have it done within the start and end dates of the actual public school system. Uh, we had a little more flexibility. So it wasn't an issue to take a little bit longer with the class. <clears throat> um, but that, that was hard. And I know that our, our oldest did struggle with that a bit, uh, because some of the assignments just weren't feasible for him to do any amount of time that they gave him. Sometimes he needed two or three days. Uh, sometimes we needed to go back and relook at the lesson, um, or ask questions, um, of the teacher, um, or get help from the teacher. So that, you know, took a few days more. And that was fine for us. We got it done 
but yeah, it was just, I think it was just hard to have that expectation. Even when they did know that he had an IP, IEP, we had to have that on file. Um, but I don't think the teachers could see that. So I think the, the biggest, you know, online again, shape is, is built for the masses mm-hmm. uh, in a sense. And this is, again, why one of the struggles we had with it from that was, um, you know, even when we he did the one that we were up in Iowa when the pandemic started, you know, it was you're in fifth grade or sixth grade, I don't remember what grade it was. And, you know, um, you know, we're like, but that's not his grade level. Yes, that's his grade, but that's not, you know, his skill set. So we struggled and it got really hard as we when we were down in Florida, just because um there was two programs there was the you know basically you're home all day but you're the school's teaching it through teachers but then we did the flex concept and you know it was basically the the parents teaching it but the struggle that came with that as well is just yes we're teaching it yes we're doing this but we're still trying to teach a freshman college skill sets uh class material to a child that maybe only has a fifth grade uh, minds uh, uh, capacity, mental capacity. So, and, but that was the struggle is the online, if you had an IEP, your choice was you either, you know, move at the material you have, or you go back into the school district and you, you have to be in the brick and mortar. And, but then again, you run the same risk that we talked about at the beginning with public schools, you know, you know, where do we go? Yeah, that, that was a struggle was that ability level. Um, where the public school system could bring some of that stuff down um, through the special education classroom, but you couldn't really do that through the online program. It was at whatever grade that child was in, and that's what you got, and that's what you taught. And um, so, and then that brings us to like some of our child's concerns or things that he did not enjoy about it was like they, um, you could do Zoom lessons, which was nice because then whatever homework was attached to that Zoom lesson, you got 100% on for showing up to class, uh, which was nice. So we we would go to the Zoom classes to make that easier on him so he didn't have to do the homework. Um, it was hard for him because some of the cl- times they offered this was after his 4 p.m. cutoff. Um, so we were sitting through Zoom lessons that he couldn't really engage in was struggling with because he 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 wasn't thinking as quickly as he normally would in the late morning early afternoon time um so those were hard for him and i don't think he got anything out of those other than the hundred percent on the assignment and we didn't have to turn it in um he also found some of the dbas hard because the teachers would do their dbas which were check-ins um, they would talk to the student about the things that were learned in that module and ask questions around it. And sometimes it was hard for him to understand what the teachers wanted. And I think other times some of the teachers expected a little too much of him. Like he couldn't answer something to the capacity that they wanted. Um, so we did struggle with a few classes during those DBAs. I think just um, because of that. I mean, it's not that he couldn't do it. Um, 
to your point though with you know one of the struggles as a parent you know you or i would sit with him and through the homework and you know help him through the material but then mm-hmm. we'd get to these dbas or basically it was a way and i respected the concept don't get me wrong because the dba is essentially to make sure before the child goes and takes the exam or whatever it gives the, the teacher an opportunity to check in with the child and yeah. just kind of quiz them in a sense to make sure do you really understand what you're going at or you know do we need to take a step back and think through this and and and, and again i respect that but when you have a neurodivergent child um they need that aid in a mm-hmm. sense that's sitting there and you know you and i struggled with this because you know, then they started challenging academic integrity and things yeah. like that. And it's like, we're not telling our child the answer, but you have to help them through the steps to getting to that answer because that's what he needs from his mental capacity. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. It was just one of those things that just did not work well for us. So, <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, some of that, you know, personally I had, um, you know, for one of them was, you know, I, I also had a full-time job, you know, I was going to school, you know, things like that. You know, there, there was a lot of pressures in normal life that are going on that, you know, how do you maintain trying to do this? You got your child doing schoolwork and, you know, trying to complete these, these, these tasks that I started to feel the stress of going, oh my God, this is so much. How am I going to get all this done? And, and obviously as I'm getting stressed, you know, my son's getting stressed in the process and, yeah. you know, nobody's at that point learning. And, you know, I think one of the, the more interesting things in our household is, you know, he's neurodivergent. I also am neurodivergent with my own uh, mental capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I also have that sundowning as you've talked about in prior episodes and you have to learn you know, don't try to do this stuff at five o'clock at night or when, when you're, when you no longer had the brain power to kind of think about this stuff. And then yeah. you're trying to learn on this stuff and, you know, he's frustrated and I get frustrated. Um, it, and it just wasn't, um, it wasn't functioning properly. And so we had to learn, you know, which classes do I feel I can actually help in and which subjects is just not a smart one for me because it's, it's outside my wheelhouse. I can't really speak to it. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I would be learning it on the fly with him. Um, and that's not necessarily the best. And so fortunately, you know, you and I have kind of been able to, you know, uh, mesh well in the subjects you're really good at. They aren't my uh, strongest suits and yeah. the ones that I'm a little more in, you know, we've kind of worked through that. So. I, you know, I think this has been a really good conversation, you know, before we take a break for a few minutes, babe, do you have anything you want to add? No. Okay. All right. Well, with that said, we're going to take a short break while we give some love to our sponsors. Hey guys, Mindy and I are really proud to let you know we have a new partner uh, as one of our affiliates of Discount School Supply. And if you click the link in our bio, you can access any of these things. But they have uh, items such as outdoor learning, school supplies, arts and crafts, uh, everything from STEM curriculum, uh, play and learn, infant items, pre-K items, things that are specific to age levels, and uh, even clearance items that you can grab. So make sure you check them out in the link in our bio and get ready for your school planning and back to school. 
All right, we'll see you on the podcast. Our podcast, Christian Influencer Inspired, has teamed up with ChristianBook.com, your one-stop shop for all things Christian literature. If you're up for a challenge and ready to expand your reading horizons, we present to you the 100 Books for the Well-Balanced Reader Challenge. We believe that reading plays a crucial role in our personal and spiritual development. That's why we've curated a list of 100 books that encompass a wide range of topics, genres, and authors. Through our partnership with ChristianBook.com, you can easily access and order these books to embark on a transformative reading journey. And ordering your books through Christian Influencer Inspired's affiliate link, you will not only be investing in your personal growth, but also supporting the very same podcast you love listening to. To get started, simply visit ChristianInfluencerInspired.com and search for our 100 books for the Well-Balanced Reader Challenge and start building your library of transformative reads and make these books inspire and equip you to become a purpose-fueled Christian in your sphere of influence. Happy reading! Are you looking for a great place to get your loose leaf teas? Definitely check out Adagio's website. We have teas that are starting from just $3 sample packs. You can get in very cheaply, see what you like, how much you like it. But then they also do gift sets from Anime Doctor Who. Uh, they even have tea blends that are specifically for winter, for um, herbal so they're all decaf. We have ones that are health related. Anyways, they are one of the best tea blends that we have found on the internet. And they're lots of fun to look through their website. So make sure you check them out over by clicking the link in the show notes or following us at christianinfluencerinspired.com forward slash what's that link and their link will be right at the top. All right, we're back. Uh, thank you so much for supporting our sponsors. We couldn't do this without you or without them. Check out their links in the show notes, or you can always access it on our website, christianinfluencerinspired.com forward slash what's that link. Don't forget to subscribe and like the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and share with a friend. In today's Lifestyle to Influence moment, we are teaching and influencing our children so that they can be allowed to grow into adults who know and feel confident in their identity. So uh, chose this to say that uh, our children all learn differently and we just need to pick what is best for our child in their situation that they are in um, and our home life and the other things that we have going on, you know. Um, but yeah, we're really here to just build up our children and no matter how they're learning or what they're doing and giving them that confidence and, um, you know, strengthening their identity of who they are. And so, um, we recently in the last, oh, it's been almost six months now, uh, decided to give up online homeschooling. And move towards more of a unschooling um, way of homeschooling. And it's it's been interesting, <laughs> especially <laughs> uh, since I've been back at school. I feel like it's definitely been a lot more unschooling, um, which is more where the children are asking questions. We're answering them based on their interests, um, the things that they're interested in that time. 
and it's not really planned out. It's not really, um, there's not really a set time every day. Um, and oddly enough, I, I was worried that we would be harming the children in a way. And, um, there's been some developments that are like, oh, you are understanding things and, um, you are growing and (laughs) still developing. Uh, so it's, it's been an interesting ride with this unschooling and, um, it, it fits a little more since um, I cannot be home full time and devote all that attention that I used to uh, to their schooling. So, <laughs> well, and there's there's so many fun ways to do it. And I, I'll say, you know, we've had some challenges when you when you're teaching three children of different levels, you know, yeah. the same thing. And, and, you know, your neurodivergent child is going Oh, and your youngers are like, I know this answer. Why don't you know it? And so, you know, there's some struggles of, you know, teaching patience to our younger children to kind of go, you know, everybody's different, you know, and all that. But at the same time, we found really creative ways of, you know, um, helping our children learn without them realizing they're learning, like playing Boggle um, at night. And you know, I, normally I don't even play that, but you know, even the kids, you know, I, you know, I'm a good sport. And I'll be like, you know what, that's why, you know, I know Mindy's going to beat me every time. Uh, that, that, that's just what she is. And, you know, she'll name off words I'm like, is that even a word? And so, but you know, the kids kind of go, well, dad loses, so it's okay. So, you know, <laughs> I'm like, all right, as long as everyone knows this kind of, you know, and it's been fun and we found other ways to other the other night we played a family game night or whatever. Ironically, everyone had their phones out and we were playing different uh, word scramble games against each yeah. other and stuff. And they're, you're teaching your child and you're having bonding time and they don't realize they're learning stuff. And they go, I don't know how many times, I know this isn't around this, but our youngest will come out. He's like, dad, I can spell this. And I'm like, yeah, learn that word. Where did that come from? It's like, wow, they're, these kids are learning, and it's like we're not trying to necessarily, you know, talk about that, but they're picking up things on their own, and it, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, because um, I think you know we've been able to foster a love for learning, you know, and they just they all love to learn, and um, it's been great because they they'll just ask questions, and you just answer those questions. Um, to the best of your ability, because we don't have all the answers. And if you don't have the answers, be like, you know, let's look it up. And they love that. And sometimes they'll look it up themselves. Um, Even with our oldest, I had him look, uh, kind of research as part of social studies, uh, 9-11, right? Because it was September 11th. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't we take some time? Why don't you go research that? Um, and I know that he's able to do this. We've done this before um, in the online homeschooling. So we have gone through this and, um, you know, write, write a paper and kind of answer these questions for me. And he did that. And I think he enjoyed it. And he's actually shared some of those things that he's learned with his father. Unintentionally, <laughs> you know? by the way, that was not a plan in the car ride. And I, I, something kept brought up about 9-11 one day and I brought it up. Could you or our son, you know, do you know um, what that is? And he's like, yeah, it's the, when the Twin Towers, and, I, and it just was like, wow, you know, I'm like, this kid's learning stuff. And he's like, well, mom and I just talked about that not that long ago. I'm like, well, that's cool. I wasn't even trying, but I thought, 
you know, it's yeah. amazing those simple car rides that you, you know, you're you're taking your child to a you know a dentist appointment or whatever. You can throw in a little um, yeah. learning in the process that you go, oh, I didn't really think about that. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of my biggest pros about unschooling is it's anytime and it's literally anywhere. You can be in the grocery store and teaching them about percents and decimals and um, money matters. I, there, there's just so much you can do, you know, in the car that all of a sudden they'll be listening to something or looking up something and they just ask questions or they're, you know, pondering something, you know, looking out at the sky or whatever. And um, they all, they just start asking questions and one asks a question and another person will ask a question and another person will ask a question and they're all learning and, you know, it may not be hands-on. It's not all worksheets. Um, and I think, yeah, that's definitely my favorite thing about this is it is anytime, anywhere, it's at your child's level, um, which is kind of the best right now. Um, we have all the kids um, in language arts learning. They're all learning the same thing. You know, we're, we're all learning nouns, verbs, adjectives, adverbs, Um and you know, basically taking it from scratch and just adding on to it. And um, we've been working on sentences and capital letters, and it's been a great refresher for our oldest. Um, and then we'll work on adding some of these verbs and adverbs and adjectives into those sentences and writing eventually. <laughs> and a great lesson refresher for their dad, too, because this is not my all of a sudden, you know, she went to class one day and one of them come in and is like, what's an adverb? I'm like, a what now? I'm like, hold on, let me get my phone on. I'm like, this has been a few years since I've ever talked about an adverb. Hold on a minute here. So I'm like, so yeah, I'm like, it's teaching even me on some of this stuff. Yeah. And I think it's great because all the kids come together and they kind of teach each other, even when they're doing worksheets. Um, sometimes my, our middle daughter, our middle child might not know something. And sometimes our oldest child does. And he'll share that knowledge with her. So they teach each other. And in teaching each other, they're learning and getting that concept. Um, you know, and I love seeing it because even our middle daughter will help our youngest. You know, he'll have questions and he'll help. Or even our oldest is helping our youngest. And in doing that, it's helping reaffirm the things that he has learned. Um, so I think all around this one is what fits our family definitely right now. Um, there's not a whole lot of bad things I can say about it. <laughs> it, uh, it, it if, takes more time. I'd yes, say that's it, the biggest uh, it, it time on the parent to, yeah. to really, how do you want to teach it? And, you know, thinking in sense out of the box. Because, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, sometimes they'll come and ask you a question. You're like, well, that's a great science experiment. Well, maybe or, you know, well, that, you know, this is a great old debate of history. Let's let's you know, this is a great history opportunity. And yeah. they're like, oh, boy, here we go. But, you know, at the same time, they're fascinated because they're like, I'm not I'm not going to make them take a quiz over it. It's not, you know, at the end of the day, I just want you to learn from either, you know, history. You know, what is our past mistakes? So you don't, you know, make the same mm -hmm. again. Um, but at the end of the day, as you said, it's, it's that 
in a sense, group learning. And that's really what today's world is. And I mean, you even notice in school mm -hmm. now, it's, you know, it's less about, I need to take a quiz or a test and show that I, I remember it. And, you know, being a neurodivergent person, you know, I, I have my own notebook right on my desk that I use for work every day. I write stuff down, you know, trying to think I'm going to go into school today and, you know, have to take a test of a hundred questions and think I'm going to remember what the textbook was, you know, that I would have struggled with that. And, you know, seeing this in this perspective is you, we're not asking to know the material, but if you take good notes and you have those and you keep that around for yourself, that teaches our child to go, all right, you know, if I, if I take the time to take good notes, then I can do well at anything just like anybody else. And I think that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's learning that more than, you know, can I keep retain all the material right now? I think for him too, it's also taking a lot of pressure off of him to feel like he doesn't have to perform, right? Because everything's taught to a test and then your performance on the test is what's really looked at, right? In public schools and even in the online school system, it was more to a test and then how well you did on that test. And this takes off all the pressure of all of that. There is no performance standard. There's no um, standards that he has to meet. Like he doesn't have to be able to read so many words or at such a level of book by the end of a semester or the end of the year or, you know, there, there's no pressure. It is you learn whatever you want, whenever you want on um, at your own ability. Um, you can take as long as you want. You can take as little time as you want. Um, and so and I think, yeah, that's, that's been really great for him. Yeah. That's been huge. You know, yeah, taking off that pressure. If you, you know, that was one of the struggles with that, you know, like math, you know, there's like 15 different ways you can solve a problem. But, you know, when you, and it's great in the, in big, you know, school districts to learn all these different ways, because it might be better for this child with this and this mm -hmm. child for this. And I get that. But then when you're trying to teach that to a neurodivergent child and you're going, oh, here's this way, and then there's this way, and then there's this way, and then all of a sudden he's starting to mix all these different concepts together, yeah. and then, you know, now you confuse the child more than actually helping him, and yeah. so, or her, you know, if you have a, a daughter, but, you know, I think having that um, direct conversation going, you understand it, this one makes sense to you, all right, let's move on, and, and you know, just yeah. working at their pace, not getting stuck in something you know, or, oh man, they're really struggling here. We're going to stop and focus on this material um, and work mm -hmm. through that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely a lot more tailored to the child, which I think really helps that child to bloom and find their confidence and stay confident and go, hey, I know this. I can do this, right? Um, and I think it really shows the fact that our oldest had no cons yet about unschooling. He absolutely is loving this process and um, it just all around. And I know we've only been six months in, um, but I think it would be a dogfight to even get him to go back to an online school system. It would be a dogfight to get him to go to an actual school district as well. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm just going to take the, 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 big debate and you know I, and i'm just going to put my opinion on it um you know 
as we mentioned at the beginning, one of his cons was that he doesn't get to see his friends in the schools like he used to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always concerns as a parent, you know, am I hindering my child of, of social interaction and things like that? You know, regardless of whatever it would have been, like we moved from Iowa to Florida. So he's not seeing his friends that he's referring to anyways, even if he went to the school district. But at the same time, as a parent, that's where you have to be somewhat proactive and finding, you know, other children in homeschooling situations. And there's Facebook groups and other things that are, but, you know, when you guys go to kickboxing, as an example, you know, yeah. he likes to go and not that he, he's intrigued by it, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he would ever in, um, choose to actually do it himself just because right. of intimidation. But he's meeting ki other kids his age while being there. And, you know, he's starting to meet friends. And so they're just because you're not in a school district does not mean your child is not getting the social interaction they need, especially if you have Absolutely. more than one child. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, there's always, um, for me, uh, socialization wasn't an issue for me taking my kids out of school because I feel like kids should be socialized in every situation. And my opinion on that is that we socialize our children everywhere. We're going to the grocery store. We're taking them to go clothes shopping with us. We are taking them to parks and libraries and um, sports practices because they still get to do sports. Just because they're not in a school system does not mean they can't do sports. I mean, there are so many opportunities outside of school for kids to socialize. And um, I... I feel that it's not just socialization with other children their age. It's great for them. They get to socialize with children younger than them, older than them. They get to socialize with adults. And, and I have truly felt um, I've known lots of homeschool children and um, me being in a public school system. I feel like they were always more socially apt than I was. I felt hindered socially. It was hard for me to communicate with people um, outside like my age bracket. Sometimes it was hard to communicate with people at like the grocery store, other adults, like you're not sure how you're expected to interact or things like that. And I feel like homeschooling, we get to learn the teach those lessons to our children and they get to learn those things and see those things happen. And so. I think one other thing that, you know, uh, we touched on it with the appointments and things like that when we were talking about public mm -hmm. schools and, you know, there's always that concept of, you know, well, my child needs occupational therapy or speech therapy or whatever it may be. Just because your child is homeschooled or even online school does not mean that those services are not available. You have to do your research because sometimes, um, you know, there's various options, you know, they, you could go drop them off, you know, for a period of time during the school and they'll work with them, you know, for ours, we actually go drop our child off at the, the, the business establishment that does it for the school as well. And so they, so there's many ways to still get those special needs that are, but the nice part about it is your homeschool. So if your child needs to be, you know, go at one o'clock in the afternoon and go do that, because that's what works with your schedule, it's not impacting the child's mm -hmm. education. So um, yeah. there's just, so the main thing is, you know, you just have to do your research and understanding your school district, your community, and what what options are available to you. 
Yeah, because every place is definitely different. Um, every state has their own laws um, and all that stuff. So, yeah, definitely make sure you know all of that stuff before you really leap into it and make a decision. Um, and definitely it's whatever you guys choose, your pros and cons are going to be different. Your children are going to be different. Your family life is different. Again, this is our pros and cons and what has worked really well for us um, with our oldest child being special needs. Uh, so uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. I know that this has been um, a little bit of a longer podcast, so we really appreciate you guys still listening and hanging on. Uh, on tomorrow's episode, we will be talking about sustainable homesteading uh, inside the home. So we look forward to you guys joining us tomorrow. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Bye.